0: Hello again, listeners, and welcome to the latest episode of the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology podcast in conversation with. I'm Hugh Thomas, the deputy editor. In today's episode, we're discussing an article that appears in our May 2022 issue. Uh, Now, this paper estimates the global change between 2015 and 2020 in hepatitis C virus prevalence and any subsequent changes to the cascade of care. The work follows on a study from the same group that was published in our journal in 2017. Uh, And to talk about this in more detail, I'm joined by Sarah Block, who leads the Hepatitis C teams at the Centre for Disease Analysis Foundation, CDAF, and the Polaris Observatory. Uh, Her work focuses broadly on the epidemiology and disease burden of viral hepatitis. Sarah, thank you very much for joining us and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Uh, so just to kick things off, uh, for our listeners who aren't aware, can you just give us a quick introduction to the Polaris Observatory and the CDA and, and the work that you do?
1: Absolutely. So the Polaris Observatory is an initiative of the Centre for Disease Analysis Foundation or CDA Foundation. And at CDA Foundation, we're a non organisation with a goal of assisting countries in achieving WHO elimination targets by 2030. Employers Observatory does this by providing epidemiological data, modeling tools, training and decision analytics to support elimination efforts. Our epidemiologists work directly with stakeholders in more than hundred countries to assess the current and future disease burden of hepatitis, model the economic impact, and develop uh, strategies that can achieve country-defined targets and elimination. By developing these partnerships at a country level and regional level, we're able to collect and analyze data for our platform, for the Polaris Observatory, and also to publish those findings uh, to enable policies around hepatitis elimination.
0: So just in terms of these estimates and forecasts around um, viral hepatitis burden and cascaded care, why is it so important to produce these?
1: Yeah, I mean, the primary reason it's so important is to help the governments and global agencies track hepatitis elimination at the country level and at the global and regional levels. We really want to know how elimination is going. And as you know, there's only 10 years or less than 10 years now remaining towards uh, those elimination targets of 2030. So it's really important that we have regular updates to ensure that we're on the right track.
0: And in terms of your previous estimates, what have they told us?
1: So it's been really interesting. One thing that we've learned um, historically is that most previously published studies have actually been conducted in high prevalence settings. So in fact, we rarely, if ever, get an updated prevalence estimate that's higher than what we found previously. And this is actually further amplified when we start to consider treatment and mortality. And we've clearly seen a reduction in prevalence over time due to treatment. But even in countries without high levels of treatment, we almost always find that repeat sero zero surveys come up with a lower prevalence. And this does say something about our publication and research funding systems, which tend to prioritize research in high burden settings over research in low burden settings. So one of the things that we always try to do is also look for unpublished data or data that may be held at different institutions to make sure that we're capturing all of those sources. Another thing we learned the hard way is that policy decisions are often much more complicated than just a disease burden estimate. Countries are struggling with financing, political will. But the good news is that regardless of what estimates you look at, they all still point towards a need for screening, linkage to care, and ultimately treatment.
0: So you touched briefly on, your, on, on some of the methodology you had been using there. What were the methods for your new study? Were there any changes you would made?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So the methodology is very similar to our last paper. So for all of our work, we do a literature search, try to find unpublished estimates. We meet with experts to discuss those findings, and then we do some modeling to account for incidence, mortality, and some of those changes over time. And then lastly, we meet with the experts again to discuss outcomes to make sure that we get consensus around what we're doing. Now, the biggest changes from last time is that our modeling now also calculates incidence in the future in two different ways. So that was a limitation of some of our previous work. So we're now looking at both uh, vertical transmission, so mother-to-child transmission, as well as horizontal transmission and how um, transmission may affect, uh, well, how prevalence changes over time and how incidence changes over time associated with that. Um, We've also started reporting on different outcomes this time. So we have diagnosis, treatment, and disease burden, which we hadn't reported on previously and we've also increased the number of models and the number of models that have been approved by local experts and of course there's newer data and better data available from a lot of countries as well
0: truly a real wealth of uh, of analyses there uh, so what are the what are the key findings then from this uh, from this new paper
1: yeah you're you're right it's kind of an encyclopedia there's a bunch of information in there but what we think are kind of the highlights we've got 57 million people living with hepatitis C globally as of 2020 about 10 million people have been treated so far, and more than a third of those treatments actually occurred in Egypt. So Egypt's really done a phenomenal job with their elimination efforts. That also um, into the future says that we, we may be decreasing the number of patients treated into future years just because Egypt's programs are ending. And then lastly, we are making progress towards hepatitis C elimination, but we definitely have a lot more work that's still needed.
0: And, and, and you mentioned it there, but I mean... What do these findings mean then for the field? I mean, you mentioned the, the situation in Egypt. Are we going to see a dramatic slowdown in terms of uh, in terms of progress?
1: We hope not. Um, so we hope that other countries will come on board. And the reality is, uh, you know, countries are starting and finishing their programs all of the time. And so Egypt's program will have a big impact on the number of patients treated moving forward. But we hope that there will be other countries that come in and, and fill those gaps. So we know Rwanda has done quite a bit of work to increase their treatment. We've, we've seen other countries as well that are starting to get on board. And it took those initial years to really warm up their programs. And so we hope that those will take over into the future. One thing that is important is because he- curative therapies are available, um, we actually estimate the cost of hepatitis elimination will be smaller than we, what we'd originally estimated, right? Like we have a lower number of infections now than we did before. And so we expect the cost will actually be a little bit lower. But that said, we're also running out of time. We're getting a lot closer to 2030 than we were before. Um, So we really need to act quickly to make sure that 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 gets finished up. So as demonstrated by our author list as well, we have over 250 collaborators from more than 89 countries who participated in this work. And there are so many people who are interested in working hard towards hepatitis C elimination. But we are only estimating that about 15 countries are on track to achieve elimination by 2030. And another 15 might achieve that by 2050. And what this means is that we have a lot of people who are working really hard, but we may not have the political will from the governments that's necessary to really support these researchers and programs. So we really need increased support at the government level to make sure that this work can continue and that we meet those elimination targets.
0: Fantastic. I mean, it's clearly a bit of a mixed bag in terms of of the situation now. From a research perspective, where do you and your group go now?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So we are going as always, we're continuing to collect data to inform hepatitis elimination and support countries in their elimination efforts. Um, as I mentioned earlier, our, our primary goal is really to support elimination efforts at the country level. So the publishing is a wonderful thing that we enjoy doing, but the on-the-ground work and really trying to help those countries develop their own strategies is um, something we spend a lot of time working on. But additionally, as we start to see these large-scale treatment efforts, we're also learning more about the disease progression and what happens to patients after they're cured, and how do um, other comorbidities such as alcohol and NASH affect disease progression, especially once patients are cured. So we're also interested in looking at that and looking at the impact of migration. So as we know, over the last uh, decade or so, there have been many instances of of migration, and even in the last few months, we've had a, a lot of pe- people moving. And so we want to know how that's going to impact our hepatitis elimination efforts and how to support migrants um, as they're reaching their, their new countries as well to make sure that elimination continues. Uh, so ultimately, we want to look at all of these factors and, and try to develop more accurate forecasts and, on changing disease burden and making sure that patients are receiving the support that they need.
0: Great. So thank you very much once again, Sarah, for coming on to talk to us.
1: It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You can read the article from the Polaris Observatory HCV collaborators online now at thelancet.com. Thank you to Sarah Block and thank you for listening to this episode of the Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology podcast In Conversation With. Remember you can subscribe to In Conversation With wherever you usually get your podcasts.